right. It's that time again. Welcome to Coffee with the Counselors. I'm Tanya. I'm Andrea. And Robin, unfortunately, is not with us today, but we are here to welcome our special guest, Miss Ashley Hatcher. Now, Miss Hatcher has been a classroom teacher, a reading interventionist, a reading coach, an mm-hmm. assistant principal, and now she is our coordinator of early learning for our school district. Welcome, Ashley, to Coffee yes. with Counselor. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So before we start, we always talk about our coffee cups. Mine is not a gift. Mine is a lovely purchase from the TJ Maxx because Valentine's is next week. So it is covered with hearts. It makes me just feel lovely. I cannot believe we neglected to say Happy National School Counseling Week. That's right. All you school counselors out there, thank you for everything you do. So I had to say that because my coffee cup is actually a gift from the staff here at Flat Rock. And it says make time for joy. And I do think we need that reminder sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so my cup is a gift for Miss Lawless. Thank you so much. And so ready for Valentine's. I love my seasonal coffee cup so I'll definitely be using this yes so today we are talking about academic struggles um I think we all know that we have students who really fly high and they can take off and learn very easily and very quickly and they don't do have to do a lot of studying but then we do have those students who do struggle academically and so for parents what does that look like and how can we give you some advice to help you when you have a child who might struggle academically. And I think that starts with some early intervention. Um, I think it starts with when your students were babies or maybe you've got some siblings that are little. And so I know that Miss Hatcher does a lot of that with our littles. And so kind of start us off on an early early intervention route. Yes, so early on, I, I tell parents, I know we hear this a lot, we see it a lot, the importance of reading with your child, but really that is where it begins. Um, reading with the chi- with your child from the, as soon as they're born um, all the way up until they're in school. And so making that, really developing that love of reading mm-hmm. at an early age so that when they are in school and learning to read, they already have that love of reading and that excitement for books and understanding just the concept of a book, how to turn mm-hmm. the pages, how to hold a book because they're already ahead of the game there and it also it develops so much of that language there which is going to help them when they're learning to read Um, as far as once they get in school and reading again giving them that support when they need it because even our our early readers I have a kindergartner right now learning to read and he is my hmm, how do I put this with him (laughs) Well, he's he's special. He's my price. Um, he's definitely the baby, and so he likes for you to do a lot for him. Absolutely. And yes. so learning to read for him, he struggles as soon as he doesn't know a word. He just wants to shut down. Mm-hmm. And so definitely working with him has been totally different. So I give him more support. But then now at this point in the year, he is feeling um, he has been encouraged by his great teachers at home as well. And so now he is starting to feel more confident as a reader, stretch out those words, and homework has been totally different. But early on, I realized he was going to need that support. So I would read a page and then have him read a page. So it was like we were taking turns. That's a great even strategy. At early at an early age with that learning to read. And so talking about reading, I, mm-hmm. I know that um, phonics is real big and heavy, especially with our young kids. And so I think it's important that, that parents understand that that is just the basics of 
letter sounds and blending those together and making words form. And so I think it's important that parents understand that concept too. And so if you're not sure with the phonics lessons, because they do bring some things home with that, please don't hesitate to reach out to your teachers because, you know, they had to learn this too. And it's a program that we use. And so... And on YouTube, there's so many songs that oh, teach absolutely. the letter sounds, and the kids think they're great because they're rap songs or they're pop songs or they're even songs that we as adults would listen to, but somebody has changed the words and made a parody. So there's so many resources that we can use on our phone to mm-hmm. assist our kids with learning phonics and reinforcing those letter sounds. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And like kind of piggybacking off of both of those things um talking with your teacher because there may be a song that they love at school that you have access to at home Mm -hmm. and so doing that with them um to make that learning fun that is Mm -hmm. so important um yes I agree is it okay if you don't have a huge library of books to choose from at your house is it still beneficial if you're reading the same two or three books over or yes, your favorite? Definitely. Um, read reading books is something we do at school. It's something your child does um, a lot at school, but also each time they read it, you can do something different with the book. And so definitely rereading books. Another great thing is the library. Um, mm-hmm. I encourage parents um, to, to, you know, have their child get their own library card. And so then they're able to go and to check out new books there too. And so that's another great way to, you know, to, to borrow or to rent books in that mm-hmm. way to have new new books. But definitely rereading books um, is, is a great thing to do. I do know too, if you have the Kindle app, that the Amazon Kindle store has lots of children's books that you you know, if you pay that fee every month, I mean, it's like you're renting those books too. And you borrow 10 and when you're ready to get a new one, you just swipe the other one away. So that's an easy, convenient way too. Yes. There's some free apps too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a library card, and I know this because the kids, my kids love the library. Oh. They they burst through the doors like they own the place. Mm-hmm. They just leave me behind. But um, Hoopla is an app that you can... Um, connect your library card and there's all kinds of free stuff for kids and adults too they have books they have movies they have music and and it's all free because you're you're using your library card that's neat and then there is um another app called libby um l-i-b-b-y and it's it's the same way it has a ton of stuff do you need your library card for libby Yes. Okay. You do need so your you library just connect card it to your both. library account, basically. Right. That well, that's neat. Great. That's a good that. resource too to have. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So, um, Ashley was a classroom teacher, so I know she has yes. some math experience as well. <laughs> but let's talk about math for a few minutes. And you know, your your student at home may be a strong reader, but math might be mm-hmm. where they struggle academically. And I do want to say this. Um, because I do scroll through social media a good little bit, like I do see that parents struggle with math too. And the way we learned math is a totally different way than it's taught now. Um, When I was talking to a teacher the other day and we were talking about a post that I had seen where, you know, some parents were complaining, like, I don't know how to do this math. I don't know what they're teaching. Um, You know, we walked around. We didn't have access to calculators and cell phones when I was a student. Because, yes, I'm the oldest of all of us. Um, But um, we didn't have that. We had to know our math facts. We had to Mm -hmm. know what number sense was. And, you know, for me, like, 
that didn't make a lot of sense, even as I've been at STAR, until I started kind of pushing in this year to help some students because math is their struggle. And I'm there just as a cheerleader and just to keep them on task. But I'm seeing the lessons being taught now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, that strategy, if I would have known that strategy, Mm -hmm. I might would have been better at number sense because, you know, they're truly teaching them what the number seven means, you know, Mm -hmm. on the number line, on the tens chart. And so – you know, I, I think it's important that, especially with math, that you really talk to your kid and find out where they're struggling mm-hmm. or why they feel like they're struggling. But then talking to that teacher, like, mm-hmm. what strategy is this and, and what is it used for? Because I think just some quick explanation would be beneficial for a parent, too, when mm-hmm. you're trying to help your kid through homework or, you know, that math struggle that they're having. And so I... It, it has been eye-opening this year mm-hmm. because it's been second, third grade. And so I'm thinking, I could do that. And then I was like, you know, I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's so cool. And I always <laughs> leave the teacher, that's so cool. I learned something new today, y'all. Yeah. And they don't, they think that's amazing that, you know, this almost 50-year-old person's <laughs> learning something new from a second grade math class. Yes. But those strategies that we are teaching are because, you know, we live in a time where it's instant gratification and students get things so easily now. But then we are also, there are so many distractions outside of school that we compete with. Mm-hmm. When your child gets home in the afternoon, they don't want to do anything else. And so, you know, we're competing with Xbox time and baseball and football and all those things. And so teachers and people are coming up with these new strategies to help implement number facts. Yes, and so with math, think of it um, similar to reading, how you have your strategies and things like that to help you read. With math, it's very similar. It's totally different than the way we learned math. Absolutely. But it really is developing that concept of why we're doing what we're doing. And so I think of it like a toolbox. And so you're you're learning all of these strategies to put into your toolbox. But then at the end of the day, as you progress and as you – go through the grades is what strategies work best for you as a mathematician that you will how you'll solve those problems and those real world problems mm-hmm. and when I think about it definitely as a teacher I learned some strategies that I didn't learn growing up or mm-hmm. maybe I did growing up but it was like my way of what I thought I was doing like shortcut or even what worked for me but it was not taught to me it was something mm-hmm. I just kind of did on my own mm-hmm. and so I learned that oh that is a great strategy that now we're teaching our kids mm-hmm. and so with that with the, with the math you are developing and building putting all these tools in your toolbox so that mm-hmm. when you become out in the real world you have a lot in your toolbox to to pull from mm-hmm. um to help solve those real world problems what works best for you I agree and I've told my kids when when we're doing math together and they say mom that's not the way we do it at school or mom I don't understand what you're doing I say that's fine teach me how to do it your way Mm -hmm. or show me how your teacher does it and that way they have some ownership and if they can teach anybody else how to do it then clearly they've They've learned that that strategy yes Mm -hmm. sure and and I think that's a good thing to remind parents is yes we learned it one way Mm -hmm. but let your kid teach you how they're learning it so that that does show that they've learned that strategy and it builds so much excitement it does and confidence for that that kiddo 
I do remember one night we had friends at the house and it was when my oldest was in fourth grade and he was learning um, division and the way that he learned division was totally different than us. And so I told him, Paxton, come here, show you, show them how you would solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And they just watched and we were all kind of amazed, you know, and he explained it, he taught it and they were like, well, that does make sense. (laughs) Totally different than what we learned, Mm -hmm. but is that... Yes, he understood it well enough to teach and to show us. Then we knew, like, yes, he understood that and he had mastered that. And, two, he loved it because he was the teacher. Mm -hmm. I think it also helps kind of develop some of that higher-level thinking Mm -hmm. that they will definitely need mathematically Mm -hmm. later on. That's true. Another good little website, too, for math is Khan Academy. Especially as your kid does get a little bit older and they start to move into some of that algebra, geometry kind of thing. I know I used it a lot when my son was in high school and with Allie when she was kind of middle school, high school. You know, because math was a struggle for me as a student. And so I didn't feel like I could help. Plus, I'm older and I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. And so Khan Academy is a good website where you can type in, okay, hey, I need help with fractions, simplified fractions. You can narrow it down, and then they'll show you a unit. He shows you how to do it. And then it it just did benefit both of my kids. Mm -hmm. So that was a website that I thought of that um, might be beneficial to use. So now that we've talked about kind of some reading and math um, and and possibly what might your students struggle with, what are some things they can do? Okay, they've, they've recognized, hey, they're struggling in reading or math. What are some things we can, tips we can give our parents to, how do we move forward from that? Yes, we recognize there's a struggle. Now what do we do? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say the first thing is to talk to your child about what they're struggling with and give them a chance to share. Um, you may get a lot out of them. You may not. But definitely um, I would reach out to your child. You know, is it you're having trouble completing the assignment? Are you confused with a lesson? Like you don't understand what's going on? Um, are you not paying attention? Because sometimes that may be what mm-hmm. the struggle is. Lots of things. Anything else going on at school that's called in this class that's causing you, you know, a hard time to pay attention or to understand what's going on. So definitely talking to your child is great. Um, and the next thing is talking to your teacher. And don't let it go too long. If you see a low grade that's not typical of your child, reach out to the teacher. Mm-hmm. Because especially like when we're talking with math, if that's a concept that's going and math does, it builds each unit. Mm-hmm. So we want to address those needs early. So reach out to the teacher um, as well. Um, I can kind of share a personal story with my son. Um, he just moved to the middle school. And so he did really well the first nine weeks. And then I noticed he was struggling in math um, the second nine weeks. And so... I did just that. First, I asked him, and so he got really upset and was like, it's just hard. Um, And so I said, well, what's hard about it? And so trying to get more out of him, but I really couldn't get a whole lot out of him except for he was just struggling. And so then, of course, I reached out to the teacher, and she called back and did find out, you know, that he was struggling with completing his work and, you know, getting the task completed and then also paying attention a little bit in class. So some of it was just him adjusting to middle school. Sure. And I think learning that, you know, um, being a little slack, what can I get away with? But it was catching up with him. And so then we had a different conversation of, okay, what can we do um, to make this better? How can Mm -hmm. we help? And so she did give us some great strategies, things to do at home that we started doing. And definitely just, I mean, it was, it's very simple um, to do a couple of problems each night just to make sure he's understanding it, but mm-hmm. also putting some responsibility on him to practice 
um, even when he doesn't necessarily have homework, but that he's going through it to make sure it's not a struggle with math, but um, that extra practice. And so we've definitely seen improvement there, but it was so important to talk to him, but also to talk to the teacher mm-hmm. right away. You know, you pointed out something important. Sometimes it's not the content, but it's just the pace mm-hmm. of of the classroom and how quickly they need to move forward. And a student who maybe is used to being successful and not mm-hmm. having to put in a lot of effort, mm-hmm. maybe they do hit a um, you know, a standard that is just difficult or requires multiple steps and the pace at which they move in the classroom can catch up with them. And so I think it's important, like you said, to keep those lines open with um, open communication with teachers because you wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. Kids don't always pick up on that's what is bothering yes. them. Right. You're I, exactly right because math was always a strong Mm-hmm. You know, it was his strongest subject. I think it definitely, up until that point, was very easy for him. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was like the first time he was really challenged and didn't, like, what do I do, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that is a great point. Um, so I think that's why it's so important to talk to your child and the teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, it also opens up that line of communication with your child on, hey, it's okay to talk to my mom or dad about mm-hmm. a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times we want our kids to tell us everything was great at school. But they need to be able to feel comfortable telling us, hey, I'm struggling right now. I don't know how to do this, and I need help. Um, I think another thing, too, is is it, expecting them to do their best and laying down that expectation. Um, what your best is going to be different from your best, and, and that's going to be different from my best. And so making sure that they understand, I want your best and that's effort. And and I think it, that shows, too, that, yes, grades are important. But I think all of our teacher hearts know that, yes, grades are important. But growth and effort, I think, is equally important. And I think you could ask any teacher that. And I think they would absolutely stand beside that, that growth and effort is as important as an A or an B. And so... Yes, it's important to focus on grades, but I think with your student at home, you focus on growth and effort. Absolutely. Um, and if they are giving their best, then that's what we need to be pleased with and accepting of and not, oh, well, you didn't make an A. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. If they gave effort and they did their best, then they've accomplished something. And I think as parents, sometimes we overlook that and we look mm-hmm. beyond because they're not on the A honor roll or the A B honor roll and that's okay. Yes. And and it will be okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, it will. And and you know when students are showing that they're given their best growth and that they are I mean given their best effort in showing growth, mm-hmm. then we have supports at school that mm-hmm. are going to help them with mm-hmm. that. We do have um, teachers that provide intervention and instruction and assistance to get them over those humps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they when they are needing to show more growth in reading and math or whatever mm-hmm. area it may be. And so yes. a lot of your students, um, your kiddos may be involved in intervention. And so what might that look like and how can you assist with intervention? So I know at STAR we have, you know, some math intervention. We have some reading intervention. Um, our teachers most of the time provide that intervention, but then some of them do get pulled by our reading coach or our reading interventionist. And so how can you assist with the intervention work? Because I know with Ms. McClellan, our reading intervention, like she expects them to do things at home, 
And so making sure that you understand what that intervention homework looks like or why they are in intervention. Um, And it could be that maybe they were right there on the bubble of moving forward to a different area, and that's why they're there. So um, understanding that intervention is a resource for them. And and I'm sure it's this way um, at STAR and at IVA, but, you know, and when your child comes home and says they're in an intervention group, that does not necessarily mean that they are failing. Right. It does not mean that they totally missed a concept. We are just supporting them where they need it the most. Mm-hmm. So we're reinforcing things they've already learned. We're giving extra practice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's enrichment groups. Yes. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. so we're taking those kids who are where they're supposed to be and we're pushing them to go above and beyond so that everybody is getting their needs met met their needs met Met. (laughs) what is wrong today (laughs) and nobody is falling behind or or getting um getting left out yes that's a great point point to make Um, I do. I go to a lot of different meetings where I'm working with districts from all over the state. And that is one thing. Um, Shout out to our teachers because all across our district, our teachers provide intervention. They do. Ms. Barbara and Ms. Lawless was saying. And so we also have that outside support. But in a lot of districts, it's only interventionists that are pulling students that are really struggling. Mm -hmm. And so I know we've talked a lot about um, early intervention. Well, that truly is key. So if you see a child is struggling with just a concept, then that's where you want to jump in and fill any of those gaps as early as you can. And we could not do what we do without the help of our teachers. And so shout out for them for helping there. Um, And also all the interventionists, our assistant principals, our guidance counselors, our related arts. Mm -hmm. I truly feel like we use everyone in the building Mm -hmm. to really meet our students needs and I do feel like that is the difference because that's how we're able to provide enrichment groups Mm -hmm. and then intervention groups and meet all of our students needs so yes when you hear your students being pulled for small group that doesn't mean they're failing it means right. that we're trying to just push them, them and push mm-hmm. them to the next level, whatever that might look like. Well, that that that's like one of my LLI groups that I had mm-hmm. first semester. I mean, those were students that are on the AB Honor Roll, mm-hmm. but they needed just some confidence in their reading. Yeah. And that's what I was there for. You know, mm-hmm. they came to me and I was their cheerleader and we pushed a little bit and, you know, hopefully it helped them move forward. And so I agree. I don't think that that's what, all intervention is, is because they're behind, because it's not. It's just a push for some of those kids. I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's more of like meeting like a social-emotional need there, mm-hmm. um, building that confidence. So those groups may also, it may not just be mm-hmm. academics. It could be for that confidence boost that mm-hmm. they need, um, that extra buddy there well, to encourage them. Confidence can push them academically, yes. absolutely. Just, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've seen it so many times with a lot of students that, have a few little struggles and when they feel like they can do it they just Mm -hmm. they go soaring and it's it's fun to watch that Mm -hmm. so um so we do have also on top of intervention um we will touch just a few minutes on our mtss program that we have um some people in other districts might refer to it as rti but it is a response to intervention it's um a multi-tiered system um all students start on tier one And those are just interventions, small group things that are provided in the classroom. And then there are other tiers that 
we progress students through as we start to see behavioral struggles or academic struggles. And I know that Ms. Hatcher um, has been beneficial in that area as well. And so if you'd like to touch on those two just yeah. for a moment. Sure. So MTSS, um, the biggest difference, because some of you, if you've had multiple children, then you have heard the RTI and MTSS term. Very similar. The biggest thing, the biggest difference is MTSS covers that behavior, social, emotional piece mm -hmm. that RTI was mostly academics. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at that whole child and seeing where are the struggles. Um, so yes, like you said, we begin on tier one as a pyramid. Think of a pyramid. So at the bottom is tier one. So that's your instruction that all students are receiving. And so all students begin on tier one. Well, when students begin to have a struggle, could be behavior or it could be um, academic, math and or reading, then we move them into tier two to give them some extra support. That mm -hmm. could be intervention groups um, where they're receiving LLI. Maybe you've heard that at some of our schools. Um, it could be a writ band group where they're using map data to fill some gaps. So we have different supports in place at each um depending on the, the group's needs. Mm -hmm. And so that is what tier two looks like. It could be five days a week being pulled out for 30 minutes a day, or it could be in the classroom. Um, but your child is receiving some specific report, I mean, support on what they need. And then what happens is we're providing that tier two support and they're still not getting the concept. They're still struggling. And we'll give that time, you know, six mm -hmm. to eight weeks and we're mm -hmm. still not seeing any progress or we're seeing them regress then that is where we would look at tier three. And so with that, tier three, they would be getting an additional support. Mm -hmm. So it may be they're getting that intervention group, and then they're also getting some one-on-one -on -one time with maybe the interventionist at the school, like Ms. McClellan um, at Star Elementary. And so you can see where we're just layering on more support to see if we can fill any of those gaps, and hopefully we'll see that child um, progress. And so if they get even tier two or tier three, and we start seeing that what we're doing, which is what we're hoping for, that those strategies are working, mm -hmm. then we can always can back off. That's our goal. And mm -hmm. so our goal is to get them back in tier one with their peers. Right. Mm -hmm. um, however, if they need extra support, then that's where we would um, definitely look at other options there so that we can provide whatever they need so they can be successful. Um, so that is our MTSS, just what the tiers look like. Right. And then each of our buildings, they do a great job um, meeting monthly. And we do call these MTSS meetings. Um, and so they talk about all students, not just students that are struggling, but they talk about all students. And again, we're talking about behavior, social, emotional, and academic needs. Mm -hmm. um, and that way, we're looking at all the data, not mm -hmm. just MAP scores, not just our grades, um, but we're looking at all of those things as well as teacher observation. Mm -hmm. um, so it gives us time as a team to talk and to see if our interventions, our strategies are working. And then if they're not, then we're going to change it. We're going to try something different. Right. Um, so that is just is something that, you know, I feel like our district does a great job mm -hmm. with is talking about our students and looking at their progress and seeing what their needs are mm -hmm. um, through MTSS. And as students find themselves maybe moving to tier two or tier three we're always going to keep the parents involved we're always going to ask for their input and like you said our goal is that we're going to meet those needs and fill in those gaps and then they're going to move back down mm -hmm. to the bottom of the pyramid again and just be in the classroom receiving that good quality mm -hmm. teaching and yeah. and I know that when we sit in our meetings monthly and we hear a teacher say 
that kid's done really good. Let's move them back to tier one. Y'all, it makes mm-hmm. my heart just like flutter. Yes. <laughs> it's a little celebration it there. It is because it means that it's working. Mm-hmm. And right. whatever we put in place for that specific child is working. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that's where they'll stay? Maybe. It may be that it's one of those fluctuation things mm-hmm. where they can go back and forth, you know, as they need it. But that is how that process works. Um, and it's truly being responsive to our students and mm-hmm. what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And, yes, like you said, sometimes the hardest part of when they move back to Tier 1 is the interventionist not wanting to let them go. Yes. Um, or whoever's um, providing that intervention because they've, they loved having that student in their group. So sometimes that's the hardest part. Right. Um, but it's definitely a – something to celebrate. Um, I felt like there was something you said that I want to add to. Yes, um, with the parents, Mm -hmm. definitely keeping them in contact. And sometimes this may be a phone conference or a face-to-face conference. Mm -hmm. So anytime your child has moved into a tier, your classroom teacher or assistant principal will notify you, and that way there will be a meeting for you to ask any questions that you may have about the process. Right. Yes. So one other little thing is just some resources that we have in in Anderson, but, um, you know, some tutoring options and things like that. So I know we need to reach out to our teachers. Um, The schools typically do have some teachers that like to tutor. Um, So if you're needing some tutoring needs, please reach out to the school. Um, It could be, you know, maybe we don't have anybody available. So what's in our area for that? Um, I think reaching out even to the high school, some of those um, upper level students might be willing to tutor. Um, some of the local colleges might have tutors available. Um, there's also the tutoring, the learning center um, in mm-hmm. Anderson that's just recently opened. I know they have certified teachers mm-hmm. that are doing tutoring as well. Um, do you know of any other in the area? Um, Sylvan Learning Center usually offers some tutoring, some Mm -hmm. assistance as needed. Yes. So always just reach out. A lot of times your school counselors will know of some, you know, some groups or organizations that might be willing to help. Um, But those are some areas that you could utilize. If if you still feel like your student is struggling um, and that you maybe feel like you can't help, Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, those are some outside areas that you can utilize. Yes, and definitely taking advantage um, if your child gets an invitation for an after-school program through Mm -hmm. our district or summer reading camp, um, any of those opportunities, just taking advantage of that because, again, that's just a great way, especially during the summer. I know it may seem hard because you may think, oh, I'm sending them to school during the summer. This is their time off. But I promise you, we work really hard to make that fun for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and our students really do enjoy it. They like, do. And they do a great job because, again, we're trying to fill any gaps, but also prevent that summer loss. And so that's huge for a lot of our students. And so just taking advantage of anything that um, our district, when we do have after-school programs or summer camps, taking advantage of those programs. Okay. All right. So do we have anything else that we need to cover? Um, I would just summarize by saying, you know, as adults, we have strengths and weaknesses, and our kids do too. And so just support them as best as you can. Know that if they hit a rough patch or if they are having difficulty academically, that it's not the end of the world. Contact us, contact the teachers, and we will all work together to support them and meet their needs Mm -hmm. absolutely and thank you miss hatcher for being with us today thank you very much we really appreciate it until next 
Thank you for listening to our Coffee with the Counselors podcast produced by Anderson School District 3. If you have questions for our counselors or suggestions for future topics, visit acsd3.org to contact our counselors directly.